0: I guess you know what let's just let's just kick it off
1: yeah we can kick into uh well at least from an editing perspective right um put some of the stuff we were initially chatting about in the in the middle or the end or whatever
0: well I um, think we should try not to edit anything is the way I see yeah it. Like just let it this rip. is just raw like let's just do it like welcome to the to the castle infamous project roll into my 5.0 podcast series <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I like it, buddy. Um I know it's funny, so
1: I was tonight I'm working on the the 91 vert and uh well you know how it is when you're trying to video it, whatever you add like at least 50% at all times to anything you're trying to do just to set the camera up and tell what you you know the folks what you're doing and and anyway, I I got to, uh as you texted me to say, "Hey, let's do this." I'm like, "Mid uh mid roll in the GoPro. And I'm like, yeah, me and uh, the infamous project, we're putting together a, a podcast and I haven't done a lot of talking about it because while well, I wasn't sure if the two dumb shits that we are, could get this thing off the ground, but I guess we officially
0: have. So, oh, man, you know, we talked about it last week man. I think, you know what, we can talk about it all we want. All we got to do is just hit the record button because every conversation we have, to me has been an episode.
1: (laughs) Well, it's true. You know, when you think about it right back to when we first connected Um, and I, I think that a lot of folks out there, well, they just, everybody gets a kick out of listening to the stories about these old cars and or even in the modern context of what are people doing to them and are people keeping them alive? And I mean, there's so much going on, like this 93 Cobra that's
0: all over the web that, just oh, sold for that 110 company. grand. Yeah. yeah. And then even that uh the Bimini Blue Coupe, I th- I think it was a Bimini car it was like 44k or something like that, which is just wild. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't quite get my head around it. Um, well, you know, I was talking to Joey Boost earlier today, which needs to be a guest on this podcast at some point and and he said he would do it. So, for anybody who might be listening you know be prepared for joey boost but we were talking about um, not only the Mecham auction that just uh, just ended but the barrett-jackson that a couple of years back where dennis collins had his collection of fox bodies in there that right. a lot of people say was the reason or it was part of the reason for i guess this new trend and the price increase in the fox bodies so right. my opinion of that was that i don't think dennis collins was the reason for the increase in the market i think dennis collins and barrett jackson were just the attention or the call it the stamp of the official the fox body market or the new Fox body market is here. I think those cars were selling for that amount of money in the background at that caliber. But it was Barrett Jackson that said, this is actually happening to the rest of the world. And I, I think that's what shook things up. At least that's a little bit of my perspective of what
1: happened. There. Yeah, I agree with you. I know I, I get some comments every once in a while on my YouTube channel that, People are like, oh, it's you guys, all you Fox body guys that are driving the prices up with these damn cars. I'm like, no, like I've, I've been nuts about these cars since I was 15. Like, and I mean, okay, sure. The internet didn't really exist back then. Well, you had to whatever, get off the phone and plug your fax machine cord into your computer to get on the internet. But it was a different time. I think the exact same thing occurred back then as it does now is it was just different we, we did it in small circles of face-to-face groups of people and we loved them just as much then as we did now uh i i truly don't think that us talking about them has made them any more popular i think just like barrett jackson just makes them more um prevalent i guess people see them
0: a lot more now and yeah, i think it's the um at the end of the day, it's supply and demand that's, you know, it's, it's business one oh one, and that's, what's been happening. And, and, and that supply and demand started before that moment. Now it wasn't always that way. You know what I mean? I remember paying eight grand for a, for a Fox body with a nice paint job, big wheels, non-replica wheels. I'm talking like OG ROHs or something like that, where the wheels were almost worth more than the car. I'm sure you could remember right. that, there were the wheels and the stereo combined were worth yeah. more than the car, right? <laughs> Let's not forget the amp and sub. Yeah, totally. You know that was the reason why the cars were getting stolen. You know, if you yeah. had, if you had nice wheels, stereo, and a black interior, that car was getting stolen. <laughs> she gone. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just cut the yeah. top and, and let yourself in, because the verts were the hot ones back in the day.
1: Yeah. This is true. I know you think about how many cars got like, just not awful, but I mean, I don't know. I, I, there's not a an aftermarket alarm that I can really warm myself up to, but I'd be lying to you if I told you that my coupe didn't have one in it, you know, drilled a hole in the uh, shifter bezel for my light. Like, Oh my God.
0: Idiot. Well, you know, and it's funny. I was actually talking to the gentleman that I bought the, the Celine SSC off of tonight. And we were going on about how many alarms we've cut out in, in the recent yeah. years of just hack jobs and, you know, people just twisting wires and, and electrical tape. And, you know, I was going over with him cause he was a younger dude, which was super cool to see a younger guy in the Fox body game. And, yeah. you know, so many alarms, it, it was the same old thing. It was, the white with pink trace wire and the ignition cut, which you could easily bypass with a screwdriver on the starter solenoid, or, or if you knew where that wire was feed at 12 volts. It was the same override switch hiding somewhere underneath there. And I said, you know, I actually came across a few alarms as a recent where they were smart enough to actually cut the power to the uh, to the computer relay way over on the passenger side, the Dutch number five car was actually wired like that, which I was like, you know what, that was a lot smarter. But I don't know about totally. you, like, like my, my go to when, whenever I left my 5.0 on its own, when I was young, is I just pulled, pulled the fuel pump relay, and I used to put it in my pocket. <laughs> so right. that way, there's no fuel pump relay in it.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny you say that mine was coil wire. I think right. you know what, I think, yeah, most people probably wouldn't go there, and my car has always had the coil cover, too, so you know what I mean? It's a little bit, and that coil wire just kind of, it can dangle in there and hang off the side of the cover, and you could pop the hood and look all you want, but until you remove that cover, you're not
0: seeing nothing, right? Yeah, so, and, and I actually had the old school hood locks, like the the locks with the key. right. So like you could probably get a paperclip in there, but you know, it's, it's all of that. Well, I remember there was the club. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The good old club. Remember those God awful things. Yeah. Oh man. But uh, yeah, man, that, that coupled with the siren that sounded like an ambulance fire truck, police car, snow plow, whatever you want to call it. Oh man. That cycle. Anyways. You know what? the funny part about alarms that, uh, the only thing that I can say
1: that I, I maybe miss about them is the arm
0: sound, the chirp trip. <laughs> Actually, I had that on my cell phone <laughs> as a notification sound. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I can hear it as plain
1: as day. Like it, I could, it was doing it right now and I haven't heard my car make that sound in 20 bloody years, but, uh, Yeah, I I do miss that. And there was a lot of that back when we were in high school, right? Like you get out of, everybody's getting out of their cars and you hear
0: chirp, 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 and and that was just it, is that it became so annoying. Or you remember your exhaust would set off everybody's alarm as you would drive down the parking lot, you know, from the rumble. It, It would, yeah. So it was like people were almost annoyed. It was almost like crying wolf. They're just like, oh, it's just another alarm going off. You know nobody cares about that, and then all of a sudden, there goes your 5 0. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that's true because they were uh, they'd be set so sensitive that, like you say, exhaust set them off, and somebody go, Oh, it's just buddy down the street, you got that sensitive alarm, and meanwhile, this car's
0: getting jacked, right? <laughs> oh, unreal. Well, yeah, I think the good man, old days. Like, absolutely, and I think the good old days, and you know, we should try and we'll try and be as structured as as possible for our audience. Although I think that everything that we say is probably going to resonate with certain people uh, as it does Mm -hmm. for us. But, you know, what's your thoughts and your takes on, you know, that transition? And and we'll say a $10,000 Fox call it. How old are we now? We'll just say 20 years ago, right? That's probably that bracket that they were. And now what does $10,000 get you? Not a whole lot. Um, I had one sent to me. Uh,
1: I don't know if it's today or yesterday, but it's uh, what's funny about it it's an 84 T top car that somebody's put an arrow nose on. Um, at any rate, long story short, the guy wants like six grand for it. And all i've seen is one photo it was a screenshot of a picture so i don't know or screenshot of an ad so i don't know what the story on the car is but i'm like geez like if you showed me that car 10 years ago and six six grand i'd say you're crazy but now i'm kind of like whoa geez you could pull that arrow nose off and like t-top car that's crazy um you know um so i don't know like i still do even though cars are going for the big money that they are these days, I still feel like fair money for a clean car is like 15 grand. And yeah. I, that's, I, I think that kind of builds off your point of 10, like 15's the new
0: 10, 10 years ago. You know what well, I mean? And well, here's the the funny thing when you say that, because like when I was, 20 years ago <laughs> you know yeah. building building cars i always tried to build a car under $10,000 because it seemed like anybody that was going out to buy a used car would get a $10,000 car yeah. loan so you know if you picked up your fox that you're going to build up for you know 3500 4000 which for anybody listening right now it was a real number like you could buy a rust-free clean notch or hatch or GT for sub 5000 you could yeah. still get a paint job for $2000 back then yeah. and what you do with the interior how clean it was like you got to remember 20 years ago there was a lot less miles on these cars as well so you were kind of dealing with a better base or a better foundation you were just able to pretty them up. And if you kept, I guess your overall investment uh, somewhere around, you know, seven, $7,500, and then you posted them up for, you know, 9,500 bucks, just keep it underneath the 10 grand so that they can use their $10,000 or their, their leftover from their 10 K loan, you know, to maybe do a few things that they want to do or their registration or their taxes or whatever it was, everything was okay. But now that 10,000, dollar window is gone and and good luck even getting a used car loan for a Fox. You can you can't. They're they're classics now. So that whole demographic that whole I guess potential buyer's market has, has completely changed. And we got people now that their kids have grown up, they have a little bit more money in the bank. They want to relive high school or childhood dreams or yeah, whatever else it might be. Right. So so, I guess the, the budgets have increased and the desire is there. They have. And
1: so I've got um, kind of an interesting story on this. So some personal information here, but uh, I, I don't think it's personal enough to have to worry about. So I insure my car's. In Canada now this is a North American outfit so I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can do this on the south side of the border as well but I insure my cars through Haggerty, and Haggerty has a, a really neat uh I don't know if they call it a maybe they do call it a classic car insurance but anyway it's it, it's great because there's neat little things that you can put in your insurance policy like cherish salvage value I think it's called and if you wreck your car you get the car back as well as the payout to whatever you've insured your car for and that's actually the other neat side of it is they will allow you to insure your car to an agreed-upon value as long as it's not obscenely outrageous right you want to insure your car for 100 grand well you better have a pretty good justification as to why it's worth 100k but anyway, The personal side of this and and why I tell the story is because even insurance companies, which are notoriously cheap outfits, I mean, they profit off of not paying out claims. It's the weirdest business on the face of planet earth, but they have with with just a handful of photos, they've allowed me to insure my 92 coupe and the 91 vert for an agreed value of $30,000 each. Right. So, why I say that is while even the insurance companies, like I say, which are notoriously cheap, they want to grind you for whatever that payout's going to be. I mean, they didn't even blink an eye. They said, "Yep, thirty grand all day. Send us a couple pictures. Yep, it's they're both worth thirty grand each. I'll let you insure those cars for that much, and we'll give them back to you." For this, whatever it is, $50 endorsement or something, we'll give them back to you if you ever wreck them. We'll give you 30
0: grand and the car. And you know what? That's exactly what happened with the project burnt Burt that I had earlier this year. That was a Hagerty insured car. He got, you know, the full value. I- I'm not sure what he valued it at, hopefully a good amount. And yeah. they gave him the car back. And, and, and that's how you know I ended up working on it. So no, it's okay. Yeah. And I think that that's really important for anybody who's out there is listening that might have a traditional insurance policy on their car. You know, Haggerty might not work for them if they're daily driving it or running their errands, so on and so forth. But, you know, I know your state farms or your all states or any of those guys, like not too many people are driving a Fox body that is still Or that is unmodified. And, you know, if something happens, you know, knock on wood, we don't want to see any Fox body end up in a bad situation. But, you know, nothing would be worse than your insurance company saying, oh, by the way, fine, we'll cover the person that maybe you caused damage to or whatever else. But hey, your car, you modified that, you put wheels on, and now they're getting down to, you know, oh, you put exhaust on it, even though that doesn't affect anything. But it's giving them that scapegoat to say, no, you're not getting coverage. Or worse off, if it's a total loss situation, you might be able to buy it back off them. But their replacement value is not what the market says right now.
1: Totally. Well, it's funny because, you know, you see, it's almost like a, a yearly tradition, the, uh, the Instagram post. somebody will get a trend started each and every year on like, you know, what my insurance company thinks I drive and what I actually drive. Right. (laughs) It's the Ford tempo versus the, and I, I mean, the first time I seen it admittedly, I laughed, but then I was like, guys, like this isn't funny. You know, like you, you shouldn't even pull it out of the driveway if that's the case, because we'll look at that fella was it Foxtoberfest that got rear-ended by the guy in that oh, white pickup? Uh, Mustang, Kona. Week,
0: uh, Kona, Stang.
1: Yeah, that yeah. poor bugger. And people were like, I read a bunch of the comments and they were lighting them up over like, man, didn't you have it insured and this and that? And I mean, he would be probably victim number one to to like, you know, almost bring you to tears on how bad a situation he was in. And he probably like you say, had it insured with whatever your standard run-of-the-mill insurance outfit and probably thought, well, you know, 12 grand or who knows whatever the amount was, but that car was beautiful, like no, top to bottom.
0: Yeah, that sort of, um, it's like the, um, maybe maybe that guy that hit him wasn't insured, right? So you got that whole uh, non-insured motor vehicle coverage. Right. You know, so they were probably like, oh man, now we got to, it's not even us that should be paying and now we got to pay because this guy wasn't insured. I don't know if that was the case, but you know, that could be the case in someone's situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You never know. Like maybe the guy's boozed up that runs India or maybe he's driving with no license or whatever the case. Right. And, uh, next thing you know, yeah, your pride and joy has the trunk sitting on the roof. Like, yeah. oh my God. But man, that, he's making a good awful.
0: comeback. He's making a great comeback.
1: Yeah, I like, I have really enjoyed following that. I mean, it, it it pains me just knowing, I'm sure the guy is still vibrating, you know, like <laughs> yeah. every second of every day. I I don't know what, I would be, I'm surprised there wasn't a video of him doing something I probably shouldn't say on the podcast to whoever was driving that truck. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, Oh, it just makes my blood boil, you know?
0: Yeah, no, that's, and that's, but you know what? It's, it's something that has probably happened time and time again, just now with social media, this stuff is hitting, you know, all of us end users, because now we have this new channel to be able to see this, but you know, how many of those stories did we hear back in the day, you know, drunk driver hit me or, and you know what, just as, and, and I'm not trying to add to the whole cliche about Mustang drivers, but you know, right. a lot of people have wrecked their, their own stuff doing really stupid shit. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, I, I've true. gone over a curb. I, I went over a curb myself when, when I was Did young. You? I went, I, you know, <laughs> I, I hit, I was leaving home. I was maybe, is my silver convertible. So it was my first, my very first vert. I think it was in 2000. So we're, we 20, 21 years ago, 22 years ago. And yeah. it was cold outside. My tires didn't have very much tread because I was a poor teenager with a fox body. And I hit that yeah. gas pedal in second gear. I went sideways. And you know what? I had those stupid ricer pedal covers. You remember those?
1: Oh, and, black and cur-
0: or back, black and powder coat black, gray. Kind w- of worse, things. worse. Yeah. worse. <laughs> mine, mine were silver with blue. And <laughs> yeah, I'll admit it, I'll admit it. So my car goes sideways, I go to hit the brake and because of those, and you know what? I always wore basketball shoes. Well, that was the thing that you did back then. And my foot hit the throttle with the brake and what is going to do more in a Fox body, especially with a stock setup, like stock brakes suck. So that throttle just kept going. I went across their lawn. I hit their parked car right in the driver's side door and it pushed it. It hit, it pushed it right into the car next to it. And man, it it happened all so fast. And I was just like, you know, you're in shock. And I get out, and of course, the people come out of their house. I'm walking distance from my home. I just get out of my car and I'm just like, I'm so sorry. I'll be right back. You know, I went home and I got my dad. I'm just like, dude, I, like I, I, I fucked up yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, pretty they tough. walked, they walked over with me and, and, you know, the cops, they were actually pretty good. I just said, man, the throttle stuck. And, and I didn't know, I didn't realize what happened because it happened all so fast. And right. I just said, the throttle stuck, the throttle stuck. And they're like, well, if you're telling us that there's a mechanical issue with the car, we're actually going to take it. And we're going to have to do an investigation. And they're like, um, they're like, the reality is, you know what, you know, because I I didn't have anything else on my record. There wasn't anything that really made me look bad. So they're like, we're just going to charge you with uh, failure to yield to your grade of the road or something like that. It it was something with not too many points. And I did have accident forgiveness, thank God. But yeah, yeah. amazingly enough, you know, I hit a, like a, it was a Saturn, I think, which is all plastic. So yeah, plastic doors, fenders, dude, it did so much damage. Like I literally drove home. Like I had a, I had a mark in my wheel from the curb and I lost my corner light on the passenger side and and I had some flaked paint. That was it. But, but it looked, it looked horrible.
1: (laughs) Saturn folded like a cheap tent and the old box oh, is right. like a, like an old dent
0: side Ford pickup. Yeah. Hey, just bounced off it. Yep. Yeah. So, so there we go. <laughs> that there's a, a true original, I guess, infamous story of, you know, no, it kidding. happens, to, it happens to the best of us. And it was later that I realized, um, about the gas and the brake because I had actually run into that issue before. And, and you know what? those are the types of aftermarket parts that are dangerous. And I think that we need to be conscious about, you know, and you would never think that maybe that would happen, but you know, the pedals, once you put those covers on, the pedals were maybe half an inch apart. So yeah. uh, Yeah. Well, there you go. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No. And I mean, foxes have a pretty close cluster of pedals to begin with. And then, yeah, I mean, those universal, I don't know wherever they came from, China or something. I'm sure uh, pedal add-ons, right? Like next thing you know, yeah, you're go to step on the gas, pile the brake, hit the clutch. Like it's just dangerous, right?
0: Hey, it was great. For I some had them too though. in the clutch. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd be lying to you if I I didn't tell you I had them too, though, buddy. So yeah, we're uh, we're both in the in the shitter for that one. But I actually. I, I've never had, like, knock on wood, I've never had any kind of disaster like that with my car. I've had some close calls with the Coupe. Um, I remember one time coming out of my hometown and was kind of in the bottom of a valley. It was almost two a two-stepped valley. And as you came up and out of it, uh, the road sort of switched back. Not switchback, but big round corners. And it was a passing lane on the way out, right? Or the way up. And anyway, it's pissing rain. This is back when I used to drive the car in the rain. And uh, whatever, young and dumb. And, you know, somebody from high school goes to go blowing past me in. So I'm in the fast lane, I'm in the left. And this buddy of mine goes blowing past me in the right hand lane. And I had a carload of people, a couple of gals, and me and a buddy. And I think I went from I must have been coming up the hill in fourth, and tapped the throttle, threw it into third and went right to the floor with it. And like, no way I'm letting this guy around me. Right. And bang, I swapped ends as fast as I let the clutch out and went across the road, piled on the brakes like it was just all split second panics. Right. And kind of went backwards into the ditch not even really much of a ditch though it was just a soft shoulder and everybody is looking at each other not blinking right eyes like saucers like yeah I think we're gonna go home now you know like (laughs) what in the hell so I've had some close calls but knock on wood never had any disaster like that where I bounced into another car over a curb thank goodness
0: oh that's good so I'll yeah, I'll knock on wood for you too, just to to make sure, because you know what these these cars aren't as easily replaceable as they used to be back in the day. So it's uh, it. tough to find, man, and and that's all coming back to you. You know these these crazy amounts of money, and I think that we need to touch on the subject of these people that think their Fox bodies are worth a lot of money when, when really (laughs) they're not right. Like we we see, we see the ads on marketplace and, and everywhere else. And, and you know what, it's, it's sad to a certain degree because, you know, we do see a lot of keyboard appraisers and heroes and, and everything else. And I hate to see it when they do it on the cars that are actually worth the money that the people are asking, but right there is definitely a big disconnect in the market i feel i feel like those cars mind you like you said that should still be in the fifteen thousand dollar range that are now realistically probably 20 to 25 yeah and then there's the people that are asking somewhere between 15 and 20 and their cars are you know sub 10 you know they got if they all parked those cars and and just didn't do anything to them and sat on them for maybe 10 more years, you know what? Maybe, maybe they would be, they'd turn into some barn finds that need every panel replaced and and everything else. And maybe people will still go after them. I don't know. (laughs) What do you think?
1: Well, it's true, right? Like, and I think what happens is, so I I don't know. I, I, I don't, claim that I'm you know some guru at taking these things apart and putting them back together I mean like yourself I I was just hard knocks you know what I mean you just you screwed so many things up as a kid you just learned how to do it the right way you know so but with that said I do enjoy taking them apart and putting them back together there's nothing funner for me anyway it's kind of whatever maybe explains how sick in the head I am but I like putting a fresh set of door rubbers on a car and like you crack that door and the, the whole door jam area just looks brand new. So what people don't realize, and I think the people that don't realize it are the ones that have never done that or gone to those lengths trying to bring a car back to life is they just go, Oh yeah, shot door rubbers and all of this thing's worth 25,000. It's like, well, wait a minute. Do you realize how much time and effort and parts money needs to go into making that an actual $25,000 car. I don't think they do. I I don't even, I'm sure some of them don't even know which end of a screwdriver to use. So, and there's a lot like, you know, granted the LMRs and American Muscles, CJ Pony parts, like those outfits. I think, well, we get kind of smoked up here in Canada because we got to pay exchange and duty and shipping and everything. But the parts, you know, you can get a set of door rubbers for, whatever it is, 35, 40 bucks American. And that is worth the money. But well, nobody up here anyway, orders just door rubbers. You got to throw a whole pile of stuff in the box and make it worth your while or else you get absolutely hosed on shipping, you know? So next thing, it's like going to Costco. Nobody goes to Costco and buys deodorant. You walk out of there spending a thousand bucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I need one of these new massage guns, and I need a what you know, like next thing you know, it's like uh, Lloyd Christmas walking out of the gas station <laughs> with the nudie mags and the foam hat, you know. But well, yeah, I don't think people realize the time, the effort, and or the funds that need to go into these cars to to bring them up to that standard. And nor do I think these people come from you know, like say twenty five years of having the cars and and loving them and and whatever they just they're catching on to a trend and going oh i've heard these are worth a bunch of money i'm gonna pick one up and try and hose some sorry soul
0: and you know what i i feel like that is and this literally just triggered my mind that there's so many people like you said that want to get in to a fox body that don't necessarily know all of those things, and, and they're a little bit—just call it ignorant or innocent, yeah. innocent ignorance. Yeah. And by not knowing that stuff, their their expectation levels are a lot different. And what happens is, they still want to get involved. They might not know everything, and and they'll know the basics. You know, they'll watch our videos and they'll be like, "Okay, we know where to look for us. We know to look for." The VIN stickers on every panel, but yeah, they're they're not going to notice those little things like the door rubbers, or they're not going to notice maybe the body line, and yeah, how it was was it block sanded properly to get it sharp and straight when the car was painted, or did someone just round the edge, and it doesn't look hundred percent. And that poor poor innocent ignorant individual is still going to pay top dollar for that car and there's probably many of these people out there and unfortunately mm-hmm. that is inflating the value of that pool of cars and i think it's everything that lives between 15 and $30,000 and yeah you know i did that video i think earlier last year It's supposed to be an all-original coupe. I drove the hour and a half, had the car trailer, had the cash, and I got, I was probably 25 feet away from the car, and I knew, nope, and I turned around and left because you can, if you really know what you're looking for, you'll be able to spot it from a mile away, and you'll just turn around. And those cars are the ones that are now north of 30. So I think yeah. the ones that are north of 30, if you know what you're looking for, you'll, you know, you hope you find that deal at the 15 K that you were, you were talking about earlier and it don't get yeah. me wrong. Those deals are out there. They, they do still exist. And I, I can, that 93 reef GT that I got and never got to see in person was a clear example of one of those right amazing deal priced right you know 6900 bucks for a 93 reef gt that's rust free Wow. you know it's it's a no-brainer like that thing could yeah. have had no drivetrain and probably sold for that as a roller so yeah that was a good deal but to find those every day that's just not happening anymore so back to the point about all these people getting into the game I think that's everyone's frustration right now is that there's the people that know and the people that grew up and the people that deal with them, maybe not on a daily basis, like me and you, but deal with them enough or maybe had one or two when they were younger, so on and so forth. And then everybody else is trying to get in here. That's like, Oh, this is going to be a good investment. Or I just like them now, or I never had one, but I'd like to get one. I don't know how to change my oil, but I'm going to get one anyways. Um, yeah th- that whole area is just, it's insane. And it's, it's, it's a dogfight constantly. Like it's, I don't even know how to explain it. Or like we see it every day and it's, it's a shit show. It is. Yeah. I know <clears throat> it there's, uh, I think
1: probably a good way of defining some of these outrageous deals that shouldn't be um the prices that they are is it's kind of the you know the 1980s greasy car salesman type people i think you know they're just uh, this it's that two dressed up as a 10 you know what i mean like it it just well, and, what was
0: that thing where where uh richard from gas monkey they used to do what was his name tricky ricky right <laughs> where he where dress up like the 80s salesman and and try and put yeah. your stick on the pig.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is it. And I mean, I—it's the sad reality of the world that there is uh, people out there like that. But I, I just, for me, I know, like, I get a kick out of going to car shows and stuff. And not to knock anyone's projects, I'm—I'm I'm definitely not there to do that. However, like you said about getting within 25 feet of something, I mean, I've always whenever I touch something, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, my name's on that for the rest of its career. And I would hate, like I I lie awake at night panicking over some of the shit I did as a kid to cars, you know, like just, Oh my God, I can't believe I put a wood screw there. Like, what was (laughs) I doing? You know, but, and that's the difference I think is you got these cars that, have been the interiors are put together with wood screws. You got tech screws holding the uh, door sill plates on, and you're like, "What is going on here?" Like,
0: you know, for twenty bucks you get ties. A, oh, right.
1: <laughs> and in my opinion, that's that's the difference maker. So, you know, you got the right screws where the screws should be. You got, uh, I don't know, like just silly stuff, right? Like tech screws holding the emergency brake cable onto the lower control arms. Like it's just not good stuff. And I wish people, especially cause these cars mean so much to us. I wish people took more time, you know, and just yeah. did it right because while well, I go on these rants on my videos every now and again, like, look guys, you know, we're all in this together. It's a community. Um, there's some people out there that think we're absolutely nuts for liking these cars that we do but you know what you can't I can't explain it to anyone I mean I like them just cuz I like them uh do they look like a Ford Taurus sure but you know what they mean something to me and actually what's funny about this is um Joe Rogan absolutely despises Fox body Mustangs so I'm a fan of his I like listening to his podcast and uh, there, I can't. I wish I could remember the episode who he was chatting with, but they were talking cars, and he goes on a big rant about like who in their right mind would ever buy one of those bloody cars, right? <laughs> 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 What's funny about this is I've actually met a fella through Instagram that uh, he makes custom knives, and he uh, he deals. I think Joe's bought a couple of knives off him. So uh, I put this all together and uh we were chatting on the dms and i said hey so you know rogan i said what's the deal there because this fella's also in the box bodies and i said have you ever had the chat with him because as far as i'm i know he absolutely hates the cars he goes oh yeah no." he lights me up about them all the time and then i light him up about porsches because they're just a vw with a nice set of high heels right and yeah. uh anyway it, it's uh it's funny i mean everybody's got their opinions on them but. I think uh, you can't really explain why you like them as much as you do. They just, they hold a special place in our hearts, you know?
0: No. And we all have those things that we like. And Hey, when we were all kids, we all had our stuffed animal or whatever our blanket or whatever that we carried around. And it was important to us. And it didn't matter how ugly or worn out or whatever it was. That's, that was what was close to us and made us feel comfortable. And, Made us feel happy and and whatever else and you know for some of us older guys, Fox bodies do the same. You know, I I would have liked a Fox body as a child. I I wouldn't have known what it was, but I bet you I would have liked the sound or a driving one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I mean
1: I I I've gone on rants on this like, I one way I guess a person could explain it is well these are our high school hot rod for you know, like our, our age vintage, you know, um, sure. There was some guys that had like the older first gen stuff and whatever, but, um, these were kind of our. Well, we didn't know any better. There wasn't a, well, the SN 95 started coming out. Right. Mm -hmm. And so on and so forth. So this was our Mustang. It was our generation of Mustang, you know? And if you oh. didn't have one, you wanted one.
0: No, absolutely. And I think going back to your earlier point, too, about, I guess, doing things the way that you might have when you were younger, I think, is a topic that we should probably talk about because it's not about necessarily, you know, us putting wood screws and stuff or maybe putting ricer gas pedals and uh and whatever else, things like that, that we've already spoken about. But some of the shops now to this day that know what these cars are and the work that is being done. And I don't know what it is. It'll probably be a controversial topic. And I've, I've seen it time and time again. I know shops that have worked on Fox bodies for a very long time. And it's been their primary business. And, and I've seen, there was one, I'll give an example. There was a gentleman, he reached out to me on Instagram. He said, you know, I would love for you to come take a look at my car. I want you to restore it. And he had a good budget. You know, he had, he was willing to throw probably 20K at the car. He's like, it needs body and paint. It's got some rust issues, you know, Toronto car. And... Mm-hmm. He's like, it's got a Dutch kit. It's got this, it's got that. And it's been in our family forever. We want to get it done. And I said, sure. So I actually had just picked up the tax return project. It was actually on the trailer and it wasn't far from this gentleman's home. So we rolled up and this was one of those cars from 25 feet away. I was just like, oh my God. And it it was just a disaster. It was a viper blue color that the door handles were shaved, but the door locks were left. So, you know, they, they just plumbed <laughs> the, the door handle mechanism through the door locks. So you'd use the key to open the door. And Oh, my. The, and the, the, the whole car just waved at you. Like, it was wavier than, you know, any ocean through a tsunami. It was just bad. And... jeez. Um, it <laughs> it actually had, and you could see it. It wasn't tinted. It was a white and blue interior, but it was like that Ricer. Like the dash was painted white, and the seats were the vinyl white with blue inserts. Like it was. Oh my! It it was a basket case, but sort of like a timepiece of the early '90s at the same time. So I walk up to this thing and I look underneath it. And man, like I have seen bad rust, but like the rear frame rails gone. Like where the exhaust hangers are on the back for your tailpipes that are bolted up and those rear frame rails non-existent. The, The frame rails were literally, you could, the crack, it was like the equator right through the center of the frame rails and just... Swollen and split and so not like unsafe for the road. Yeah, and I'm like, man, you really. I'm like, anything is possible with the right amount of money, but I'm like, even at twenty k, like you might get past the rust repair. You're still never going to get rid of all the rust, and then you have everything else that you want to do to the car. So he says to me, "Well, I just spent thirty five hundred dollars in new." suspension and brakes at xyz Shop, and right. sure enough i looked through the spokes of the wheels and like rotors shiny brand new brand new calipers it's like you know and, and you'd be like okay at least some money in the right areas were spent but i said there's no way that that shop did not change those struts and those shocks while putting on the new brakes and didn't see those fault lines right through the frame rails. And why would they not say or tell you, we will not work on this car and this, like it was, I'm telling you, like it was unsafe for the road and this reputable shop took this guy's money, did the work, and then he was left. I'm like, dude, you just wasted 3,500 bucks. I'm like, you might as well just take that stuff off and go and sell it. And I'm like, this is a parts car. And he almost bought the the tax return car. But luckily enough, uh, there was a friend of the family that had a notch and they ended up working a deal uh, privately. My understanding was he got a really good deal. They gave up on the emotional attachment that they had with this car, which good on them. I, I think that that's, A really big thing, too, is is to understand when to say this car is too far gone and and start with something else. But yeah, man, like this work that is being done, you know, the backyard mechanics is one thing. I saw another car a few weeks ago. Someone took long strand fiberglass and they just spread that on the frame rail and sprayed black spray paint over it like somebody wouldn't see. Meanwhile, it's like Uh swollen an inch inward, like pretty much touching Uh the headers. Uh It's swollen so bad. Like that I get that that's some backyard hustler, flipper, scammer, whatever you want to call them, trying to make a quick buck. But when we got shops that are doing this type of stuff, like, man, we got to, we got to help however we can. Like, me and you can't work in yeah. everybody's car as much as we would like to. It's just physically impossible. But I think well, we, we need to do something with, with the quality out there. Well, and I think <clears throat>
1: this platform and even our, our YouTube channels will help with that because, you know, the more we talk about it and the more awareness we bring to it, I think it'll help. Um, I know I feel awful for, for people out there. And I mean, it's no... No real fault of their own if, say, yeah, some grease ball, I guess, sells them a, a, a shitty bill of goods, you know. But um, I know there's, I think we've all done a video on, like, you know, things to watch for with these cars. Uh, everyone out there that's kind of got a, a bit of a YouTube channel or, or a way of getting this information out. But it's still almost not enough. Um, whereas I guess that's maybe where this fills in the gap, right? As you and I chatted before we even did it, we thought, well, this would be a nice way for people to just go about doing whatever it is they're doing around the house or at work and, and listen to us chat. And we can bring up some, some of the more, well, things that we're seeing, you know, throughout the day to day and, or just some, um, some of the more common things that have always been there that you need to watch for. But I think it's... One of the things that, that I don't think enough people um, give uh, enough credit to, or or maybe pay enough attention to is just, and this is something that, that I try to use, I like almost call it like your, your spidey sense or your moral compass. Like when I get around a car, like, not that I can feel something, but like, you know what I mean? It's just that gut feeling instinct. Yeah, man. It like, Something If something feels off, but everything looks right, follow your gut every bloody time because there's nothing worse than going against your gut. And chances are it's something you can't see, but your like soul is speaking to you saying, run, don't do this. I know they're hard to find and I know they're going up in value, but do not buy this one. Like hell, well, you've done way more of these than I have, but I mean, that 91 vert, sight unseen, but my gut, I I said to all my closest buddies, they're telling me I'm crazy. And I'm like, I guys, I got a good feeling like these people are unreal. The photos, the videos, I mean, there was nothing they didn't hesitate to show me. And uh, I mean, hell my gut feeling worked for me from Rowlett, Texas, all the way up here to BC, Canada, you know, like, so there is something to be said about that. If, I don't know how, maybe I'm just blessed and I've got a little bit more of it than, than most. But if you just, when you get around these cars, like quiet your mind and just get a feel for it because there's things that, I mean, even you and I, like you can roll around a flashlight and a magnet and do all your due diligence. But well, hell, look at that em- emerald green one you got, Yeah, right? Pull the carpet up and what the hell
0: is this? Has the guy been pissing through the floorboards? Like what's going on here? Well, absolutely, man. And, and you know what? And and I still, I lucked out in the end because you know the seller owned up. Well, he didn't own up like he knew, but he he owned up to say, okay, you know, I'm sorry that that was a situation, and 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 he made it right because he offered to uh, to to cover the cost to to repair that. Now, yeah, and he didn't re- know about it, right? Yeah, and a repaired floor, you know, did it devalue the car some? Absolutely, you know, but it was still a good car. It was still worth saving, and yeah, you know, he he made good on it. Like, which, which is the important thing. A lot of people out there, I think that if you're, it's sort of like when you're that whole thing where they say during election time, which president would you rather have a beer with? It's sort of like right. if you wouldn't be willing to have a beer with the person that you're buying something off of. Then that might be a pretty good indication. Don't get me wrong. There's some really weird people that own some cars. You know what? The individual that, that I bought the SN95 Dutch car off of, he was an odd dude. But you know what? Yeah. We're all odd in our own ways, right? But he wasn't a bad dude. And you know what? He was an enthusiast. He was respectful. He was as honest and, and as upfront that, you know, that that I could see. And you know, we're still in touch to this day. So I think that that's, you know, another important thing that anybody, if you're buying off a true enthusiast, it's almost like, I don't want to say the purchase is secondary, but you almost already have a personal connection to start things off. And you're almost having a conversation about the car and the memories and I've owned this and I've had that. And oh, I'll tell you about this. And I feel like if that seller isn't forthcoming with that type of genuine information, and it seems like they're hiding something, it it comes down to, it seems like they're hiding something, then that's where the problem is.
1: I couldn't agree more. Um, And I got the exact same fairy tale story with that vert. I mean, I still talk to the folks. So obviously there was something there um, and I knew right away, uh, because <clears throat> I don't know if I ever told you the beginning of that story, but like they commented on one of my YouTube videos and that's ultimately what led to me buying the damn car, like crazy to look back on now, but, um, whatever, like, you know, it was just a, that was the courting stages. And then when you move, you know, you move to phone calls and zoom calls and all the rest of it, and you just, you get a feel for folks and, I think that's probably, you can get a feel for a car, but you get a feel for the folks too. And like your Emerald green car, like there's things that happen or or items that pop up in these cars where the buyer and the seller are like, holy shit, I I didn't even know. And if they're willing to go that
0: extra mile. It it happened 100% to me, the little coupe that could, the black notch that I did last year, and I know I've done a lot of black notches, That car had a shaved engine bay. And I knew that car before the engine bay was shaved. And it was mint. Like, and that was a one owner, rust free car. And I knew it. My friend who had bought the car off that original owner decided to shave the engine bay out. And that was done like 12 years ago. And might even be longer now because whatever COVID makes us forget a few years, but um, yeah, when I sold that, so I bought that car off my friend, um, was it last year, two years ago, and I would known the car for all those years and I knew it as a rest free car. I knew he never drove it in the winter. Uh, he actually had moved out to the Island and I had the car shipped from Vancouver Island back to Toronto area. Did all the work to it and advertised it as a rust-free car because that's how I knew it and I had put eyes on it and saw it. So yeah. the individual that bought it, he actually contacted me about six months later and he was just like, "Chris, you told me this was a rust-free car. I, you know, peeled back some of the engine um, bay shaving down on the frame rail, and I could do not." there was a hole of rust behind the one plate that was, that was welded in there. And no way I said, like, dude, you know, it was rust free. Now with that said, was the metal prepped wrong before they welded it on that? This is why I hate shaped engine bays. We can have a whole other conversation on this, but right. Um, needless to say, there was a hole there. So, you know what I mean? It's, you know, What do I do? You know, I could have just said "screw off." You bought the car; it was six months ago. Everything else, but you know, I he's like, "Oh, I have a buddy across the street. He's willing to fix it." I said, "Well, you tell me how much he's going to, you know, charge you." And I gave him half because you know what I mean. Neither one of us were expecting it, and I just I I described the car to the best of my knowledge, and you know what? Shit happens over twelve years. or or whatever amount of time that that was. And and that's coming back to the point of rust is coming up in weird places. Like even my 86 notch that I have in Florida, my roof is rusting from the inside outward and and the painter. Yeah. He came like right on the, what would it be? The the C pillar on the back where, where, where it would meet your quarter panel right above that like right before maybe an inch from the actual top part of the roof but still on the pillar there was some rust holes that came from the inside out and he started doing more investigation underneath you know once you pull the headliner down there's all the glue and that nasty shit that like if you rub it all falls down on you so yeah yeah he had he had you know, removed all of that, and there was tons of what just looked like it surface rust, but it was actually worse. It it, it was it was pits that were working their way, and in the end, our are was weakening the structural integrity of the roof, which is an integral part of a unibody car. Like you need a solid yeah. roof. He's like, I can blast this dude, but in reality, you need a roof skin. So mm that and that's something new to me you know the the frame rail stuff is new the the door pillar rust is new you know 20 years ago we just cared if we saw rust in the rear wheel wells or in the rocker right. panels or the bottom sides of the fenders underneath the gt skirts or you know what i mean like now we yeah. have all of these other areas that uh we need to be conscious about because and i think that's another important point about unibody cars Versus the old classics, the old classics is sort of like, okay, all the body is a bunch of sheet metal. You can cut and reweld or, you know, however you're going to put it back together. No problem. Chop the roof, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the frame is a whole separate unit that you can buy aftermarket or you can replace with another one, a unibody car. That shit is all spot welded together and it's a pain in the ass, man. Like it is not, you can't just pull the frame off. You can pull the K-member out, but that's yep. about it. You know, frame rails, they suck. Um, you know, and I, I think that that's the big difference versus restoration of the OG classics where, yeah, man, just swap out the frame or, you know, um, get a right. Texas speed frame or, or, or whoever's, you know, fabricating something aftermarket ready to go to throw under there. Um, these well, cars then- are different they are hey and on that note um
1: you said texas speed but the one i'm thinking i think is uh, detroit speed what yes. do you know much about that like because they're selling i could be wrong on this but they're selling a bit of a, a chassis if you will for the fox platform
0: right that's the whole rear end setup isn't it like the whole back half setup is that the one you're thinking of
1: well, shit, and maybe I should have done my homework before I asked the question. But maybe I was thought Texas, Speed, maybe
0: maybe it's Detroit Speed, and I'm thinking Texas something else. They all really? share all the yeah. same words, right? But um, there right. is a Detroit Speed thing. There is something for race cars that they introduced in the rear, and I almost want to say it's like for the racers, the next best thing compared to like an IRS. Okay. I think. I, I could be wrong with that. Maybe we need to do some homework and we can report back. <laughs> we do, yeah. Because I
1: I think if I've got uh, whatever, it's a pretty foggy uh, thought in my head, but I want to say it's like, essentially, you cut the unibody frame rails out of a Fox and you drop the Fox platform on top of this chassis. I mean, I, I think it's almost like giving a fox a frame
0: really well you know what yeah I'm in front of my computer here so i'm going to do a quick little google
1: because yeah I've, I've watched some videos on uh, that detroit speed those guys uh they definitely seem like you know the real
0: deal well their um, car won at the fox talking about them. i believe it was oh. their car um it was a 86 uh gt that i think was detroit speed Okay. So I'm yeah, just looking now. So yeah, they have They're more they have a full rear suspension setup kit that definitely integrates in everything in your rear frame rails and that whole upper area. And yeah, they're not cheap. I'm seeing stuff all the way to like 4,500 bucks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're definitely paying for the quality for sure. Um, but I've, well, I don't know anyone personally that, that has this stuff, but, uh, I, I think you'd be pretty hard pressed to find anyone with a, a bad comment on anything that's come out of that shop. Cause I know they're really well known in like the old first gen Camaro world. Um, and or like third gen, like the rocks and stuff. Yep.
0: So, oh yeah, man, there's some pretty. There's so many options, and you know what? It's I think the big question is: is when is somebody going to just knock out a Fox body shell? You know what I mean? Right. Here you go, reproduced. Here's your shell. Throw whatever suspension. Do whatever reinforcement you know, do whatever. Cause, cause every other panel or component is pretty much there. You know, it's just yeah. a matter of, of putting everything together.
1: This is true. I mean, well, you've got the likes of, uh, Daniel Carpenter, right? I mean, they're doing Bronco stuff that, um, I think you could pretty much buy
0: a Bronco, you know? Well, you uh, can well, buy an Eleanor, right? You can do a whole Eleanor. Well, yeah, round. true. So, you know, will these cars, I guess, potentially get to that level, you know, at what point, you know, and I, maybe that's a little bit of the difference as well. You know, you got a coupe versus a hatch potentially, you know, vert's not a big deal because you can just cut the roof off of the coupe in in reality. But, um, you know, is, is there, is there a market for that or will there be a market for it? And I'd be curious to see what type of quality would be produced from it. The value would never be there. You know, we've seen it with the uh the AC Cobra kit cars. We know what the okay. real ones go for versus what somebody's put together one or, or kit is worth. Yeah. Yeah, very true. I, I just I don't know
1: how they anyone for that matter would go about doing it. I mean, you'd need all the original. Ford tooling to which i I've actually always been curious, um, going back to that Daniel Carpenter, I, I've always been curious if like I, I want to know that backstory because for him to be able to recreate a lot of these like OEM bits and pieces for these cars, um, you know what I mean? Like, was your cousin at Ford? Like, how did this happen? How do you have that tooling? You know,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm um, sure there's there's a reason or, or a way behind it. Well, it's sort of like that shell that uh, that I found two years ago. It was that Fox Body Coupe shell that had never been fully right. assembled at at the plant, right? So that was a car that they took off the assembly line and sent it off to whoever had the contract for the carpeting so it was used for them to do the carpet mold test fitting whatever at least that's the story that we were told so the car never got a VIN number but it had its fenders it had the doors the, you know the shell and it uh, as a whole i believe it had a trunk lid and it had the one there was no wiring anywhere except for that pigtail in the transmission tunnel that would go to I guess it would be like your speed sensor and maybe your reverse your reverse switch so that pigtail was in it but you know nothing else but that car you know would have been I guess decommissioned or maybe it wasn't supposed to be sold maybe it was supposed to be destroyed I'm sure that that's probably what was supposed to happen but companies go under things happen so yeah maybe those because those tooling products and daniel carpenter always did or always has done from what i've seen like you know tail lights armrests you know all of those like not actual body pieces right it's all the the interior exterior pieces and all of those things were always outsourced to other companies you know i know Uh, For example, there's a company back in Lindsay, Ontario, I forget the name of it, but they do like all the door handles for a certain supplier, like how Siemens would do gauge or instrument clusters. So they all have the tooling products. So maybe Daniel had access to whoever was doing those contracts and just managed to get those parts because it wasn't, he didn't need to go to Ford. He just needed to go to whoever had the contract. Yeah. Well,
1: and another funny thing about this <clears throat> and geez, I, I, would sure love it if this, um, podcast and our conversations make their way around the world, because I know that there's, there's various bits and pieces. So say like, uh, 87 through 93, um, uh dash right like gauge surround um that was made in mexico and i I mean i don't know i maybe it's just my whatever sick head and the way i think but i'm like i wonder if there's you know a mold laying in a field somewhere in you know mexico and you could whatever track down some old fella or gal that Worked on the line, and you know what I mean. And they go, yeah, no, that's laying out in that field right there.
0: No, I, you know, what, real- I, I wouldn't be surprised, and I say it because <laughs> I've sort of seen it through myself, and and all the parts on the cars that I've had in various places over the years. You know, for for anybody that knows me and some of my history you know living overseas and been in canada been in the u.s and i literally have cars and parts stashed I, i've done better now i'm a little bit more centralized but at one point i had stuff sitting at one friend's place and stuff at another and it almost got to the point well, actually i'll i should be honest with myself I, i'm still to a certain degree at the point where I forget what I have. And there's times where it's like my friend will be like, do you know you have this at my house still? And I'll be like, I completely forgot. So (laughs) if something, for whatever reason ever happened to me, there would be a number of things that would be kicking around. Like, for instance, I have both the dutch afd2 and afd3 spoilers which the one is the the standalone sort of like the gt and then the other one is the one that stacks on top of the lx i have one of each of those wings which are ultra rare they're they're extras sitting at a fiberglass shop in peterborough ontario that have been (laughs) there for a year and a half with the individual saying to me that once he finishes all of his contracts and everything else he's going to get around to potentially making a mold of them so that i can you know get these wings back out to market now these things if you walked into that shop have two inches of fiberglass dust sitting on them from sitting in the corner waiting for the day that he is going to get to them and one I I might lose my mind and just simply forget about them because so many years are gonna go by. Number two, something (laughs) could happen to me. And there you go. Ultra rare, you know, Dutch pieces sitting in the corner of some fiberglass shop in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. Like it happens, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like barn files, you know. It, It happens. You know what I mean? Like even I look at COVID and the borders being closed i had all of my cars sitting at the shop here in texas and you know what if i if the border stayed closed or for whatever reason i had no way of getting down here i probably would have been that hard ass that even if i was told i could never enter the us again i would have just stood my ground and those cars just would have sat there so that i could know that they were there and you know, 10 years go by or again, God knows something happens to me. All of a sudden, there's some shop in, you know, Texas with 10 fox bodies sitting inside of it. What happened to the guy? Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> That's
1: very true. You Yeah, you could uh, could have been a, a barn find story. Yeah. You know, well, it's funny because um, <clears throat> I guess for everybody listening, I mean, Chris and I have never met face to face. We, uh, well met through Instagram and then whatever, both of us being originally Canadians. Um, I think this was one of the first times that you and I had chatted, but you reached out to me saying, Hey, listen, there's a guy in your area that has a bunch of black Fox body stuff. And listen, like he wants, he doesn't want very much money for him. Do you mind going down and looking at him for me? And I mean, I guess this, just kind of a test to the community that we're all part of. Right. I'm like, yeah, dude, for sure. You know, I'll go down and <clears throat> anyway, uh, go down and whatever, bought all these bits and pieces. Right. I still got them sitting here in my garage. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you got stuff spread across Canada. You got stuff overseas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you
0: know, and, and it's funny that you bring that up. And, and I forgot to tell you this because I remember reaching out to you because that was, it was a really good deal for them. For those black interior pieces like if i remember right i think it was like 300 bucks you got a dash console rear seat maybe some other tidbits and it was just one of those things like if i can't get it then at least let me reach out to somebody who can get it and, and do something with it and i think you might have even used the the gauge cluster thing you were trying to build a prototype of, of something yep. if i remember and the the sad part to this story is that you had all that stuff and I talked to earlier about buying that little coop that could out of Victoria yeah. that I had shipped down. Do you think I remembered that you had that stuff? So I could tell you, Hey, let's throw that throw in that car. car so I could get it. <laughs> so, so so needless to say, man, like, like that stuff was yours. Um, you can do as you wish with it. Um, I'm sure it probably increased in value because like the chances of me getting it now are, are probably very slim. But um it, I just I, I that is so funny that I said an example yeah. of something and, and you were part of the example and, and I didn't even
1: remember. <laughs> totally. Yeah.
0: No, but it all worked out because here we are doing our uh our, doing our podcast, right? Absolutely, man. And you know what? I think I think we've gone on. This has been uh, a good amount of time I just want to scroll up to our conversation and we we communicate a lot on whatsapp it's a great tool for especially when you're between countries but we do have yeah we should we should probably good,
1: brush by just some housekeeping stuff right as far as where we want to go with this and maybe some of the topics we want to cover
0: yeah so I'm just actually so people know the that,
1: topics yeah yeah, just so people know that this isn't, uh, or who knows? I mean, maybe people get a kick out of just listening to two crazy Canucks yakking away about cars. I don't know.
0: Absolutely, and I think <laughs> you know what? There was so much that we just covered in this conversation. It's like, how do you? And I think it's all relevant and it's all important, <laughs> despite you know, because we talked about the prices, we talked about the trends, and we talked about rust, and we talked about you know alarm systems and cars getting stolen and uh, there there's there's just so much which i think yeah. proves the point that we can keep going with this.
1: Yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's true. Um <clears throat> so i guess yeah, for anyone that's still tagging along and listening, i mean our idea here is uh well first and foremost just for Chris and i to bounce back and forth and and have conversations about um some of the more relevant things that's going on in our day-to-day because both of us are you know i guess playing with our our high school sweethearts here our dream cars and uh the idea is this will kind of fill the gaps between our more you know staged youtube production stuff and it's another way for us to um or i guess for those listening to to get to know us a little bit better and cover some hot topics that we think, I mean, we're just looking at it like, well, if it interests us, it probably interests everyone else out there that's into these cars too. Um, And I mean, we're not into just these cars either. I mean, you know, Chris was doing a Corvette with his dad and I'm working on an old Chevy and whatever, like, you know, we're just, we're gearheads at heart. Um, It's just, if you got a choice or your, your number one pick, if you had to go out, tired and worn out after the day you'd like to turn wrenches on an old fox body so and like you say you've got an sn95 i mean we can i know enough about the just the mustang genre to go on for days and days so um but yeah i mean some more fox body oriented oriented topics um this was just a, a high level brush buy of a lot of it but pricing i think that'll most likely come up in at least
0: every couple of weeks, and I you know? think we're, we're uh-huh. just going to end up touching on it on, you know, things naturally. Like I'm looking at the list here and you know what, it, it might even be worth trying to maybe even put this at the beginning of, of this podcast just so that people can kind of get a little bit more context around it. As you know, as, as casual, you know, as it was, and, and how you mentioned, like, this is going to be sort of this raw uncensored unrehearsed, Just go at it like, you know, me and you and whoever's listening, it's like we're all just having a conversation, drinking beers in the garage and telling it how it is. So, you know, I'm just looking at these topics that we were brainstorming on, you know, the Fox body pricing and the trends, why we love Fox bodies and, you know, even original Foxes versus modified. And what else is in here? Like a lot of this stuff we've even... Engine bay shaving and paint. We even touched on that today, just in, in this <laughs> general conversation. But I think some topics, like some focused topics that we will be hitting, you know, we want to talk about the specialty Mustangs that are pulling top dollar, like the 93 Cobra R, Cobra Salines, Four Eye yeah. Foxes, uh, touching on the Middle East market, because there's such an amazing following, you know, Kuwait, Bahrain. They love Fox bodies over there. So we've been in touch with um, a number of individuals through Instagram and other social media platforms. So we'd love to get them in and get, you know, their views and their perspectives, you know, being overseas where where the Fox wasn't available. So that'll be cool. Um, (laughs) I think uh, me and Gary, both owning convertibles, we need to have a convertible discussion. Um, hands Big down time. yeah absolutely we'll talk about body kits because that's another one that we share we got we both have coupes with body kits and we both have convertibles <laughs> uh,
1: i want I'm like okay it's so funny to say this because i i wanted to to run down this road with you tonight or today or whatever and however i'm like holding back heavily because i think we Could eat up hours on it alone. Um, yeah, the whole body kit on a coupe thing. So, because and it is, <laughs> it's a fairly recent uh hot topic, right? I, I, I've actually had some people reach out to me, uh, I call them keyboard warriors, going, You gotta watch Ken's video. What kind of an idiot are you? You got a body kit on your coupe, it's like number two on his top 10 hate box body, don't do it to your car list. Yeah. Like, Oh, god. Thanks for the comment, bud. I really appreciate it, you know. So yeah, let's do a story on all that for sure.
0: uh, Absolutely. And then, you know, I think we'll talk about um, the, the, the aftermarket parts game and resto mods. You know, there's all these coyote swaps, all of these things happening, these race cars. And you know what? We'll stir the pot, right? Because what's yeah. the difference of, of changing? You know, we could argue you took out that OG push rod motor for something modular, and you're giving us a hard time just because we put a body kit on the car. Like, come on. Anyways, <laughs> um <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about four bangers. We'll talk about, you know, will SN95s are they up and coming? Will that will they be like the Fox bodies did? we'll talk about, you know, youth, you know, engaging. And and, and today was, I love what happened today with the, I don't want to call him a kid, uh, a younger enthusiast, younger fellow. Yep. that, That I bought the Celine from tonight, you know, meeting someone who's 24 years old, and just so knowledgeable, so passionate. And I don't know, like, I meet so many bullshitters that are my age and older and to meet someone who's 24 years old, who's composed and has a proper conversation with me, like mad respect, you know, that, that, that was just amazing. So, um,
1: I couldn't I think, agree more, buddy, you know, and I'm, I'm actually, uh, funny enough as I walk around my garage chatting with you, I've got four vintage, I got a five tech guide Mustangs and fast forwards. I got a super Ford and I got a five Mustang mag sitting here on my bench and building off of this uh younger fellow that you got the Celine from i mean <clears throat> we all we had was the mags like we didn't have people like you and i let's say uh and i mean i don't think i'm pumping our tires here we just through dumb luck and default we've been around these cars for x amount of years and so this next generation. I mean, I get folks that reach out to me all the time, like, "Hey, man, I'm 16 and I, I just bought my first box. What do you recommend?" I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like, how much time do you got? You know, like. <laughs> so, I think that in itself would be a great topic for that next gen. And actually, what's funny is uh, that podcast that you guys did at uh, Foxtoberfest, and you know, they were trying to. I think the the moderator, I forget the fellow's name, but he was Steve saying Hall. like, okay, yeah. So Steve Holland he says, okay, like, you know, these, this Mustang club of America, you know, like they're a little uppity and, and they don't want to let the new guys in. And I'm like, well, okay, well not that I'm the leader of this community or anything, but I'll be the first one to say like, all are welcome. The only ones that aren't are the shitheads. Okay. Keep <laughs> them. But anybody that wants to join and you're interested and you're, you know, intrigued with these things, like man, this podcast and, and our YouTube channels are for you. You know, because uh, all colors, creeds, and whatever walks of life, like bring it.
0: You know, yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, we'll we'll bring some guests on the podcast as well. I think it would be great whether it's just a random enthusiast, you know, that wants to engage with us and and tell us their story, no matter yep. what it might be and get some other fellow influencers in here and you know engage with them and get their thoughts on some of these topics uh you know we'll get ken from blue oval media in here we'll talk about monster attacks on the dash and, and body kits and coupes and <laughs> <Okay>. um well <laughs> we'll have a good old time
1: yeah agreed no i like it i think it'll be fun and uh yeah i know that uh well, Caleb at Foxcast, he tried this a while ago, and and um, I, I mean, I, I think maybe you can track down some of those original episodes that he did a podcast on. But I think our our world needs a little bit more of this, you know. Well, you know, everybody's what? looking for good content to listen to, and
0: yeah, and and you know, I started live streaming in two thousand nine. I think I was ahead of the curve on that one, and yeah, you know what I mean. It it. It got some traction, but I don't think it got the traction necessarily that it deserved because it was just so new. And I think maybe that was the same thing for Caleb. But we'll see. Who knows? Maybe maybe people just want to watch our YouTube videos and, and they don't want to listen to this. That's fine too. But at least we can say we did it.